Hi, Mike Patton. Hello, Mike. How are you? How are you? I'm good. How's things wherever you are? Uh, pretty great. Pretty great. Um, other than uh, Nikki's little scream just now, which like made this huge. I'm sorry. On the, did that on the go off the charts? And, yes, it did. But it's it's fine. It's it's it was really funny actually. There's everything is very uniform, and then there's this one spot that's like Nikki taken off. So that's that's Oops. very cool. Uh, Mike, welcome. I I text with Mike, but I rarely see Mike. Okay, awesome. Mike, it's how a, are you? It's a relational hazard with Nikki. She is given to bursts of <laughs> divine joy and enthusiasm. Oh, I know, I know all about it. Absolutely, you. yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a very, very cool thing. Um, it's something that, uh, from a from a technical perspective, I, I do have to be very familiar with uh and usually when nikki is on a microphone when we're not when we're not zooming uh when nikki's on a microphone she's gotten really good about like as she talks louder she kind of steps back from the microphone right um but with this uh i'm gonna have to be on my toes this is so this is a challenge but i got so, these these ear thingies yeah yeah it's exciting James. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I am. Uh, I'm really excited today. I know you're really excited today. You've got a big smile on your face. Uh, we should tell our audience that we're Zooming. So if Nikki sounds a little we're different zooming. today, uh, we don't usually Zoom, uh, but we're getting close to the break and there's lots of stuff going on at the church. So um, so we are Zooming. And uh, I'm, I'm, excited for other, I'm excited for other reasons we have a guest. <laughs> I'm excited for you to tell us all about the guest, Nikki. Okay. The guest is my friend. If I say old friend, that's not because the guest is old. That is because we have been friends for a long time. <laughs> so the guest today is my dear friend, Mike Patin, otherwise known as the Engaging Cajun. He hails from the city of Lafayette. Did I say it like that? That is so bad. From Lafayette, Louisiana. And I have to tell you this, Mike, I had this image of what I was going to do, but I can't pull it off. Are you familiar with Hamilton, the, the, the musical? So I thought I would introduce you like Aaron Burr introduces Marquis de Lafayette and talk about everybody give it up for America's favorite engaging Cajun, Mike Patin. I don't know. That's what I was going to do. But I'm so proud to have you on the show Oh, now I'm calling our podcast to show. And um, I can't wait to hear what, what you have to share with us about just what's on your mind and heart. Because one, I miss you. Two, whenever I do get to spend time with you, you always uh, shed a light and kind of, I guess, clear cobwebs of my faith in uh, the everyday life that I, would, I don't ordinarily um, see. So with that, podcast friends, ragamuffins, uh, meet my friend, Mike Patin. What a lovely introduction, man. <laughs> I've been called a lot of things, but never a cobweb cleaner. That, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a new one. 
basically I'm, 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 I'm the janitor of faith. Uh, <laughs> there we go. I mean, your the, words. The merry missionary maid. There we go. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like St. St. Martin de Porres, like that's not a bad company. Right? Oh like, yeah. Brother Broom. That's cool. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, it could work. No, thank you. That, that is very sweet. And, uh, it's a pleasure to meet James for the first time and uh, to reconnect with one of the most joyful and creative people I know on the planet. So it's good to see you this Oh, week. my gosh. No, it's true. Uh, Thank you, my God. It's not for the podcast, people. Uh, anytime, <laughs> anytime I see a text from you, I'm like, oh, and I get all smiley. So there you go. <laughs> I'm glad. Ditto. Likewise. Well, uh, likewise. Welcome, Mike. Thank you again for for joining us, and and it's it's nice to meet you as well. And I'm I'm uh, I'm not surprised, uh, but I am really glad to hear that someone else uh, sees those things in Nikki. Nikki, you know, definitely kind of exudes uh, that kind of po- positivity, positive energy. So um, I, I appreciate you, Nikki, uh, leveraging this friendship and uh, and getting us <laughs> such a such a great guest. Uh, I'm excited to to jump into uh, to our conversation today. Um, we are still uh, in Advent. We're waiting. And maybe by the time that you're hearing this, we're recording this on December 16th. So we have one Sunday, just a few days left, uh, really, of, um, of this, um, this time, I think, when it, when it still kind of feels like Advent, if you're checked into Advent. I think, for mm. me, at least, once I get into Christmas week, I'm usually already in Christmas mode, even if I'm still trying to stay in that spiritual place of waiting, like even if I'm really kind of working on that, once it's Christmas time and I'm off of work and like I've got the Christmas pajamas on and, you know, the the house is decorated and all that stuff, it's really hard to to uh, to not just kind of kind of lean into that almost retreat like state. Right. Uh, and to continue that purposeful waiting that we've been talking about now. Um I'm I, I'm really interested to hear kind of what you all are doing. You know, we've got this whole week. Uh, Christmas is on a Saturday, so we've got this whole week of of almost like overtime for Advent, right? Uh, pretty much as much overtime as we can have, um, and right. and uh, and and that's really interesting. I I, I would want to know if if y'all are if either of you are are planning anything sort of Advent wise, planning anything for for Christmas week. Planning anything for Christmas week? I mean, or I should say I, the week before I'm, Christmas. The week before Christmas, right? Last week of Advent. I'm the mom of four and I come from a big family. So I still have lots of shopping to do. You know, like I have a few little doodads I need to get to make things right. Um, That's kind of it. We journey after. We travel after Christmas uh, through New Year's to um, hometown in New Orleans to visit family. So there's a little bit of prep there and mostly just... um, excitement. And I feel like I need to mention again, Hamilton, because, you know, uh, I think waiting gets a bad rap sometimes, but you know, I love that Aaron Burr has that song, that song, wait, wait for it. And he says, I'm just lying and wait. And it's like, he's okay with it. He's okay to be content in the wait. And, and so I'm, I guess I'm just trying to, I'm trying to settle myself and my heart into the season and waiting for, the God who's already here, who's, who's yet to come and who's going to meet me in the future. It's, um, just surrounded by him. It's good. 
Yeah, James, it's a good question uh, in terms of, you know, being from South Louisiana, and I think a lot of people all over the place do this. Uh, for Thanksgiving, people eat turducken. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. The chicken and the duck and the turkey. Amazing. And I actually saw something recently on the Pinterest. Chirpumple. Uh, <laughs> Does anybody know what chirpumple is? Uh, it's a cherry pie. Pumple? And a oh, pie and an apple pie all baked into one. And it's about this thick. And and we have a tendency as a people to do mm. adventmus. Uh, Everything's jammed into one another. Um, so I, I just make a couple of comments. What am I doing between now and then? The past two days, and it's kind of Advent-ish. It, for me, I try and I struggle to blend spirituality with, with the commonness of everyday life. I'm really good at compartmentalizing uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the last three or four days of Advent have been, for lack of a better word, reclaiming the space. Hmm. And here's what I mean by that. Uh, I live in a, a wonderful apartment, and management was kind enough to re-carpet it, but that meant everything from the three bedrooms had to be shoved into the living and dining room. And in that the last three or four days. So I had it carpeted. Then I went to lead a parish mission in South Carolina and came back to everything in my dining room. Wow. So now I am both reclaiming the physical space by, do I really need that? And without being silly, there's kind of a, a, a purging and a like, don't fill the space. Don't fill the space. Mm. Um, so there's been purging that's going on. There's been rearranging that's going on, not just physically, but it's it's for me, it's been a pretty cool metaphor. Like mm. what things what patterns do I fill up so that there's there's no real room for God? Uh, so what am I doing this week? Um, my grandchildren are coming over Saturday night, which means the space will be chaotic. <laughs> I have a six-year-old granddaughter who's adorable and a one-and-a-half-year-old oh. grandson, and uh, they will help me decorate uh, and we will talk a little bit about God. And um, yeah, so that's on the docket. Uh, I've done, I'd say, 80% of my shopping. So next week will be a little bit of wrapping. Um, and I'm just going to try to uh, reclaim the space uh, of of where God and I wait together. Mm. Yeah, waiting waiting for God's one thing. Waiting with God is something different. Um, and, and there are two kinds of waiting. There's a waiting with dread. Wait until your dad gets home. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and a waiting with anticipation. So 
how can I anticipate with God that God is still still speaking to me like he spoke to everybody in the sacred scripture, all those Old Testament figures. You know, the, the, the reading Sunday, the first reading Sunday is going to be about, oh, you Bethlehem, da-da-da-da, uh, smallest of all the towns, whack-a-lack-a-ding-dong. Uh, and those people <laughs> waited 800 years for that prophecy to become true, generation after generation. So for me, it's reclaiming the space and just kind of waiting with God you are at work. Can I pick up on it? I just, I just love that. That is such a, um, such a profound and simple next step in Advent. Mm. Okay, if you've, if you've gotten into this this pattern of waiting, and even if you're still having to grasp the waiting, um, I just. I just absolutely love that idea that your your waiting is a little bit incomplete or there's another maybe another side to this coin that we are not waiting alone, right? We are waiting with God that, that God is the one who's inspiring the waiting. He's the one that's kind of drawing us out, right? Um, I'm getting this kind of this this is maybe weird to connect the two, but I'm getting this mental image of Lazarus, right? Lazarus literally waiting there in the tomb. Like he didn't have, I mean, he was, he was, he was dead. Right. But, but he didn't have a choice, but to wait on God. And then when Jesus shows up, there is this, this coming forth, this movement that is dependent on the fact that Jesus is there is dependent on the fact that, that God is really, really there and really present to him and really cares about him in this really profound way. Right. And so when we when we put ourselves in that position to to wait with God, um, our, our our waiting is exponentially more more powerful in our lives. It's it's exponentially more more profound. Um, I absolutely love that. Uh, I I so okay. So how do we how do we if if we if we have trouble maybe um, maybe checking into the presence of God. Uh, on a daily basis, right? If we have trouble kind of keeping that encounter, making that encounter a habit, what do we do then for kind of kind of making those those simple steps into taking those simple steps into um, waiting, like like waiting waiting in a more purposeful way, like what what you know, whether it's practical things, whether it's really kind of heady spiritual things. Uh, where do we go from here? Great question again, deep question. Um, sometimes waiting is thrust upon us. Mm. Sometimes, um, I mean, the pandemic, I'll just use that as an example. Uh, for the last 19 years, I've been a road warrior. Uh, by that, I mean, I've traveled 130 days, giving talks, presentations, retreats all over the place. And then to go from... 130 to nothing and be totally grounded. Um, and the waiting was thrust upon me. And I had to just simply, whether I liked it or not, reflect on the different moods that come up to give myself space to be like, I'm lonely. I'm, I'm ticked off. I'm 
insecure. What will I do next? Who am I if I don't do this? Mm. Uh, am I lovable if I don't get aunt so-and-so a gift? Uh, you know, uh, just some of the, I hate to say it, embracing some of the questions uh, of, of what real life brings to me and how I'm not where I want to be. Uh, I, I'm convinced m much of my emotions, and, and if I meet people and, and I sit and visit with them, if I'm in a mode to really encounter them, I, I guarantee you in 15 minutes, I'll be able to say, you sound restless about mm. blah, 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 blah. Mm. And I think one of the things of waiting is that we're a restless people and we don't like resting, which goes back, if you want to get heady, to Augustine, our hearts are restless. And I, I, I like to think about where am I restless? Is it in certain relationships and friendships? Is it about career? Is it about monetary and financial worries? Where am I restless? And where am I called to rest? So how do I daily enter into that type of questioning? Um, I really try to do an examine. Uh, uh, you know, or the examination of conscience and like, you know, what am I feeling? Mm -hmm. Am I anxious? Am I tired? Am I irritated? Am I frustrated that I didn't plan better to shop better for Christmas? Uh, am I ticked off that I bought all this stuff that I need to purge? <laughs> you know, just some, some of the realness of stuff. Can I let myself feel and can I be open to saying, okay, God, this is really ordinary, mm -hmm. but I have a feeling you want to talk to me in the ordinariness. I, I'm not, a, there are different people in their prayer styles who hear voices. I don't hear voices, but I get deep, uh, I don't know, feelings or sensations like you can let that go. You can let that one go. Wow. And to, to kind of trust that he's speaking to me as real as he did, like I said, to anybody in the scripture, why do I think that just because we closed the book that he stopped or that just, you know, he stopped talking because John Paul's a saint. So, we, you know, those those special people have a direct line, but ordinary Mike Patel with his dysfunction and sinfulness and whatever, <laughs> there's no space for that. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I, if I can make, believe it or not, if I can make space, even if it's a few moments, what am I feeling? Where might you be? And where are you inviting me to be with you and to rest? Because mm -hmm. I'm restless. And it comes up as crabbiness and irritableness and all the things that aren't of this season of joy and hope. Mm -hmm. Mike, as you're, as you're talking, I, I, I got the image of um, one of my favorite scriptures is uh, Jesus, Jesus sends out the 72, right? And they, 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 they go out two by two. And they're casting out demons in his name and they're healing people and they're prophesying and they're teaching and like the Holy Spirit is just, it's just raging through them, right? Just, it's just this incredible time. And I, and I, I think as a youth minister, um, or as anyone really who works in ministry, it's like the first time that Jesus has delegated anything, 
right? And and that's a that's a key to ministry is, is being able to kind of delegate, being able to get people to kind of be on your team, and 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 also being able to work in a team, just work in concert with others in general. And it's the first time he's really been able to delegate anything. And I think my my reaction then when they came back so excited that they had been casting out demons and doing all of these things, I'd been like, okay, go do it some more. Like we got to strike while the iron is hot, right? We got to keep going. We got to keep pushing. And Jesus, and, and, and they want to do that. When they return to Christ, they want to do that. They want to tell him all about their experiences and they want to keep going. But he says, no, he says, come unto me and take a rest. Come unto me and take a rest, right? There's this real, there's this moment of Jesus saying, you have to let me take care of you, right? You have to, you have to let me wait with you. You have to let me fill up that empty space, right? Before it gets filled up with all this other stuff that you don't need. And I think, um, you know, hear, hearing what you're saying, you're, to me, you're bringing into, uh, you know, painting this this picture with these very broad strokes of, okay, this is, this is how Advent uh, is not just a tool for us liturgically, like we don't just wear different colors for fun, um, but it's a, it's, a, it's a tool that God uses, right, to, to make this space in our lives, right, to make this room. That's, it's a tool that God uses to purge our, our inner environment, right, this interior castle, like St. Teresa talks, talks about. Are we, you know, are we sweeping out the cobwebs? Are we making things you know, not necessarily pristine and perfect, but are we making room for God in a way that is not just substantial in our homes, not just substantial in the time we take off from work, but substantial in the way we think, substantial in the way we feel, substantial in the way we experience mm -hmm. the world, right? Um, th that is really tough. That is a really tough thing, I think, to just say, okay, God, for this for this 10 minutes, I'm going to sit in this examination of conscience. And I'm just going to wait for you in prayer, examining the places in my life where I, I have some housework to do. I don't want to do that ever. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Like that, that never sounds fun. Um, it, it, it never sounds, you know, it, it sounds like, like a trip to the dentist's office. At the end of it, I'm going to be happy that I went to the dentist, right? But during the process, who wants that? And so we really have to have to spend some time letting God kind of guide us through that, letting God make us um, kind of just kind of mold us, kind of kind of work with us and mold us. I'm going to let Nikki jump in because it seems she has something she wants to say. But I, I, <laughs> no, no, I have a couple of comments just off of the images you just gave. And, and one of them is a, a really good mm. uh, spiritual director I had who... Uh, yeah, but I want to hear from Nikki a little bit, but I do want to talk about uh, sitting with our lives. Go ahead, Nikki. It's, uh, you know, God is always pursuing us and I'm, I'm just, um, I'm always wowed by that. I love that um, he wants to meet us in all the senses. I love that there are colors to the liturgical season. I love that, uh, you know, on all the different, social media things you see now. I follow lots of Catholic people and Christian people. And, um, it's exciting to see people getting excited about purple, purple, pink, purple. It's exciting to me that our church was all rosy on Sunday for Gadate Sunday. You know, I think that, um, he invites us in by, um, 
by by touching in on the things that um, excite our humanity, you know, when we can't or don't want to take that big step and do the examine and it feels like a dentist trip because it's so personal and intimate, we could at least like nuzzle up next to them with getting excited about colors and just breathing in deeply the incense when we go to mass and making those choices. So it's like he reaches out to us, but it's also you know, we play a role in this relationship and, and for us to take the time with the examine and um, take the time and reflection, make sure that um, we're carving out a little bit. For me, it's a it's a first fruit thing. You know, like I like my prayer time in the morning is um, just sets the tone for the day. And uh, it allows me to kind of, um, you know, uh, adjust my posture both both physically and and mentally and spiritually towards the coming of of the savior and i have to say too y'all the sunday's reading is my favorite the visitation's my most favorite um mystery i feel like i live it every time i go every time i see friends whether it's at the the school pickup or good heavens mike james and i are working the next tech and when we have these meetings it's like i'm Ooh, it's like I'm John the Baptist in, in Elizabeth's belly. I'm just, whoop, I'm excited to see the Jesus in everybody. It's good and fun. And, uh, and I feel like it's, it's, it's how it's described in the Bible. I'm, I'm, I don't think they, I don't think anything was missed. Very cool. Um, Thank you. it's, there's another piece, Nikki. I think you named it well. Whenever I'm asked to give a presentation and I'm always asked about our response, I always have to go back. God's the one who does it first. Mm -hmm. So I have the image of the father and the prodigal son on the porch just waiting for me in my little restless whatever just to come. And the second he sees me making a move, he's ready. And I think that's what that's what part of part of waiting is I'm ready mm. I'm ready oh God I'm ready for you to show yourself but it's a God who's ready like alright I'd like you to show yourself to me too Ye years ago uh, I had just gone to confession with Father Thomas Perrier uh, a spiritual director and a monk just oh man and we go for walks and I, I told him I said Father I said, um, if people heard what I just confessed to you, nobody would ever listen to me speak. And he just laughed because we're walking in the woods. That's how we would go to confession. And he'd be like, wow. he'd be like, uh, Patan, can I tell you something? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Father, sure. He goes, you're full of crap. I said, excuse <laughs> me? I didn't drive 45 minutes. I mean, I have family members who could have told me that for nothing. You know? <laughs> he said, uh, he said, no, let me break it down. Now, again, it was Advent. He says, Mike, where was Jesus born? I'm like, In Bethlehem. He goes, no, more specific, where was Jesus born? And I'm like, in a stable. He says, let me ask you something. You think that Joseph, an older man who's got a maiden, who's eight and a half months pregnant, and it's cold and there's no room and she's starting to have contractions and she's wailing. 
you think when that innkeeper says, look, you, your wife's about to have this child. I don't have a room, but you could go in the back. At least she'll be out the cold and the hay will be soft for you to deliver this baby. He says, Mike, what do you think was in that stable? I said, hey, he says, what else? Animals, what else? And I kept going on. He goes, Mike, if the animals eat the hay and drink the water, what else do you think is going to be in the stable? And I'm like, you know what? And he says, yep. He says, you think Joseph had time to make that thing immaculate and pristine before the Lord could come? Mm -hmm. No, he just wants you to clear some of the crap. Mike, you've been confessing this sin for 15 years, and you're going to be confessing it 15 years from now. You're waiting to be perfect before you can let the Lord in. You just need to move some of your crap aside. You are full of crap, but you're redeemed crap. Your crap the <laughs> Lord wants to use. Move some over so Christ can have a spot. Mm -hmm. And without being silly, what Nikki mentioned and what you mentioned, I, without being stupid, I think what we're talking about, you know, we talk about reading sacred scripture, Lexio Divina. I think many of us don't do Lexio Vita. We don't read the word of our own lives. Hmm. We don't let ourselves feel. So if I, this priest taught me one time, the three minute end of the day, examine. Number one, what are you grateful for? One minute. Ask the Holy Spirit to replay the day like a video, small and big things, and just play it. Number two, where were you less than loving or patient or your best self today? And then da da da, -da and then go with the act of contrition. Here's where I messed up, God. I, I was cross with my with my granddaughter. Uh, I made a judgment of someone who had a different hair color or whatever, how petty, whatever it was. And then the third minute, here's what I'm worried about tomorrow. Or here's who, who needs your help. And sometimes just sitting and waiting with that, or like Nikki said, starting the day in prayer and listening to a word and say, what word is there? And I don't understand why you're giving it to me, but kind of like the old screensavers that would flip and turn around, just let that word <laughs> mess with you for the day. Like earlier this week, it was for me on Monday, it was authority. By what authority do you do these things? And so authority was my word and I kept, I kept playing with it. So I, I think making small spaces to clear some of our crap so that the Lord is, in, he came in a stable 2,000 years ago that wasn't pristine. Mm -hmm. What makes me think he's not going to come? Mm -hmm. he, he's waiting. He, he wants to come in the middle of my crap. But he is waiting mm -hmm. for me to give him a little space. And that's why this reclaiming the space for me means so much. That's beautiful. It is beautiful. I think I I definitely forget. I forget that. I think um, we have kind of sterilized the whole birth of Jesus with how we want it to be portrayed. But you know, the reality of it all is it was it was nasty. Where he he didn't get the 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 home birth experience that women dream of and with the birth plan all carried out and to be reminded <laughs> to be reminded of that and apply that 2000 plus years later to my life you know how can i because i tend to be a perfectionist and it's like oh wait but i'm not ready for you to come yet because i haven't made everything right and i never will and and sometimes i want to dig my heels in and not 
not allow him to, to enter my life because I'm not ready. And that's unfair to me. Well, and, and that's the thing. It's that ready word again. Hmm. Often in my prayer, I pray, could you make me more like St. Paul? Zap me and, and convert me at Just one <laughs> And I'm more like St. Peter. One step forward, two steps back. Smart, stupid, smart, stupid, smart, stupid. And I'm like, if you would just do a St. Paul on me, I'm giving you one-tenth of one percent. What would happen if you really, like, shook the thing up? And there's this, I, again, I never hear the voice, but I've prayed this, and I'm not joking, I have prayed this many times over my life, and I just get this vibe. You in a rush? I thought we were going for a lifelong friendship. You ain't ready for more right now. And, Mike. and that's the thing I, I, I want, and, and, and Nikki, I want to go to everyday life. <clears throat> and, and I apologize for all the people who are going to write into your podcast and complain. <laughs> Pinterest and Facebook are the devil. They're the devil. They are. No, because everybody shows the picture perfect. And life so rarely is. One of my favorite lines I use, and I don't know where I got it from, I'm going to quiz the both of you good Catholics. The Sunday, I'm jumping ahead, the Sunday between Christmas and New Year's, the church celebrates a great feast. What is that feast? The Sunday, you're looking it up on the web. I can see on the Google. What's Holy the, Family? The Holy Family. Is it Holy Family? Or is it? it is a Holy okay, Family. But you, do you ever notice they never called it the Feast of the Perfect Family? Mm. And, and and one of uh. my favorite priests said this. They call it the Holy Family because that's where Jesus, Jesus could have come any way he wanted. God could have made the Son of God come any way he wanted, but he chose a family because that's the school of love. Mm. Imperfect as it is. So whatever your family relationships are, dysfunctional, we're going to argue about politics, da 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 da, da. That, That's where incarnate happens. Mm. And sometimes social media, these preconditions must be met for God to enter in. What and, you just said, I think, is so healing um, for, for me, and I know for many, that just... Um, the idea that uh, the family is the school of love and that that's why God chose to send Jesus incarnate to us in that form. Because, I mean, um, no matter what people see on the outside, you know, what happens inside the four walls, I probably feel 90% of the time, oh, we're not measuring up. It's not meeting my expectations. So it's like, I don't even care about the other people's expectations, but I have my own, which I feel like I want to link to what God's expectations are for me, which um, probably isn't fair because I know that he's more uh, merciful than I am with myself. So thank you for saying that because it gives me some grace and, and allows me to exhale during this Advent season for sure. No, I, I, I think we do project our expectations onto God. There's a lady who lives a block behind me and her mailbox has the little letters. 
her name is Tilly Duplantis. God rest her soul. She just passed recently. But her mailbox says the Duplantis's love and fight here. Oh, wow. That's honest. That is beautiful. Love, fight, forgive. Where do you think Jesus learned mm. the will be done? Where do you think he learned that? From the woman who said, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me as you say. From the man who said, I have no idea why this unmarried virgin, but you tell me to take her as my wife. I will listen mm-hmm. and be obedient. Where do you think Jesus learned some of that stuff? Oh. I, you're right. I do think we sanitize, but here's the problem. This making space, which the church gives us in Advent, Uh, One of the Buddhist monks says, it gives us time to let our souls catch up to our bodies. Okay, say that again. (laughs) It lets our souls catch up to our bodies. When we make the space to reflect on Lexio Vita, the word of our life, the crabbiness, the restlessness, the I don't measure up, I'm not enough, I'm not ready, And then we hear the words of scripture that say, and your savior will come to you. You you know, it's Martha and Mary in scripture all over again. Mm. Just sit at my feet. Both, Both women showed hospitality, both women. And Jesus says, I want your eyes. I want you, I want the words you can't even say. I want your exhaustion. I love the fact that you're busting your, your tail to make everybody, you know, feel at home. I just want some us time. Mm-hmm. My late father, God rest his soul, my late father would cook that bird. He'd get up at four in the morning and work that kitchen. And when it was time for lunch, he was like the owner of a restaurant, standing and walking and put some more on your plate. That I, and all we wanted him to do was sit and be with us. But that was the way he showed his love. And many of us, that's the way we show our love, by getting everything, getting everything, getting everything ready. And it's like, and we miss something. Yeah. Yeah. We miss something. And I think God gives us this season of Advent, like, I don't need you to be, I don't Mm -hmm. need you to buy. I need you to read your life. I need you to rest. I'm at work. I'm at work. I, you you might be Peter, but I'm at work in you like I was in mm-hmm. him, in Paul, in 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 Teresa of Calcutta who prayed for 20 years and didn't feel Jack, mm-hmm. in in John Paul II, in John the 23rd, in Joan of Arc. It's the same, mm-hmm. but the space. He gives us this gift. It's in. It's for us to accept it and open it. That that space, the holy pause. And, I think, and it, go ahead, James. I think I think you know, kind of thinking about our audience and the conversation that we have pretty often. Um, we uh, not not only is it a tendency to to sanitize, right? But there's this there's this tendency, I think, to look at scripture and to look at the way that God interacts. Um, uh, especially in the real humanity vulnerability 
right, um, uh, aspects of, of life, um, and the way that God in- interacts with us, and to kind of think of it as almost like like fantasy writing, right? Like it's something that that is happening sort of on this this or something that happens sort of on this other plane. And the Gospels are um, there's a real historical context, right? So there is real humanity that's going on, right? And um, I, I, as you were talking about um, uh, the, the the Holy Family. Uh, there's a there's a, a priest uh, down in the Rio Grande Valley. Uh, before my my grandparents passed away, um, he was their pastor. His name is Father Roy Snipes. Um, he's a he's just a, a a fantastic priest. He's he's so great at just connecting the gospel to um, to to his audience, right? And and um, we were there for on on the fourth Sunday of Advent, because uh, we were reading about the visitation. We were there for Christmas and we got there a week earlier, several days early. And I remember him giving this homily that at the time for me was a little bit scandalous. I remember thinking it was a little bit scandalous and I was already in youth ministry and already working for the church. But he, he, he kind of, um, he, he talked about the Holy Family and he said, now all of you that have ever, all of the men in the room that have ever had a pregnant wife, why do you think Mary goes by herself to visit her cousin Elizabeth? And it's a, and he says because Joseph and Mary have been fighting about how to prepare for this baby. They've been fighting about how long the in-laws are going to stay. They've been fighting about, you know, are you going to are you going to paint the nursery or not? Are you going to get up and paint the nursery like it was just all of these these really human things that you don't, you know, as a man, like I don't ever imagine St. Joseph making the wrong decision, right? I don't, I don't like my brain, my, my image of him is that sanitary, right? But the reality is the guy was a, was a, was a laborer, right? He, he, he was a righteous man, but he was, he was a dude, right? He worked with his hands. He was, he, um, he struggled in his life. Life was a struggle for him. And so to, to see it through that lens and to see, Mary, Mary needed some time with her family. She needed some time alone on the journey, right? She needs space. She needed some space, <laughs> right? To to kind of process that human stuff that we all go through, and then for her to have this moment of real affirmation and real clarity with Elizabeth and with you know Elizabeth's baby in the womb, you know John John the Baptist, to have this this encounter moment of clarity. Um, not necessarily to say that Mary was was doubting in the sense that she was taking back her yes, but she wasn't a fortune teller. She had questions. She had wonders. She had hopes, desires, dreams, all these human things, right? And so she had to she had to have the space to kind of lay these things down before God. And that that act of laying that stuff down is hard. Whether you're Joseph, you're Mary, no matter who you are, that's hard, right? And um, so that. I can remember being kind of scandalized and I can remember as I, as I, the more that I thought about it, the more I said, okay, I, you know, I, I, I kind of, I kind of realized, okay, Joseph is not necessarily there for me to have as this example. That's like super far off in the distance. He's not this example that's on the horizon. God wants me to realize that Joseph had doubts and Joseph got scared and Joseph, you know, was, down on his knees at night praying, you know, these really, you know, these prayers from this very human place, 
just like me. His prayers weren't perfect, right? They, 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 I mean, they, they just, they were human and that's really beautiful. And not only is, is that possible for someone like Joseph in the Bible, that's possible for me. It's possible for me to have that connection to God. It's possible for me to have those doubts and wonders and hopes and dreams and whatever, and to lay those things before God and to let God carry me through life. Um, and, and that, I mean, I think when our encounter goes from that place of just kind of this initial contact with God to then allowing God to make us ready for something, allowing God to, to, to take over some of that empty space, um, to take over some of that, you know, that, that space where that crap used to be that we cleared out, right? Um, that's when real change begins mm-hmm. in our lives. That's when, that's when things really start to, to kind of snowball and, and develop into this, this lifestyle maybe that we can call Christian, that we can call holy, mm-hmm. right? Is I'm, God, I'm, I'm working here and it's, and it's not, the work isn't perfect and, and praise God, praise God that the work isn't perfect because if it was, then we wouldn't need him, right? Then, then we, wouldn't, yeah. we wouldn't need that, that relationship with him. The other thing for me in all of this, we use the word sanitized or sterilized, not only with with scripture, but I think some of our definitions of holiness. Uh, I, have a, I have a plaque over my desk from the great Jewish rabbi, Abraham Heschel. Just to be is a blessing. Hmm. Just to live is holy. I think I have this sanitized or sterilized version of holiness. Uh, just to be is a blessing. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are thou among women. In Hebrew, there's a connection between the word blessed and chosen. And, and yet, so when I pray the Hail Mary, there are two thoughts when I pray the Hail Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, undeserved, from God. The Lord is with thee. Chosen are you among women, and chosen is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. So number one, when I pray the Hail Mary, that's a different way to pray it. But number two, hail Michael, full of grace. Wow. Hail Michael, grace is around you. You don't deserve it. You don't earn it. You're blessed. You're chosen among men. Dip wad that you are in <laughs> prayer that you are. Um, uh, and you don't get the blessings because you went to Mass. You mm-hmm. don't get the blessings because you said a rosary. Blessed, chosen are you among men, and chosen is the fruit of your womb if you make the space, because that's where Jesus is going to show. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then you finish the prayer, Holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners that I can be open to your, the, the movement of the Holy Spirit like you were now and at the hour when I have to do the final surrender. Mm. The most important moments of my life now mm. Mm. and at the moment of my death. Mm. Wow. So letting go and making space. I have no idea what's next, but 
it, it, it's a different way when we realize holiness. I'm chosen already. Yeah. He, he chooses this manger that has no room and is full of crap. <laughs> he chooses this manger. Now, I can let him come in, you know, he's, the question is, do you resist or do you make a little space? And I think de-sterilizing de and embracing Heschel's words, just to be is a blessing, just to live is holy. Mm -hmm. so, so joy to the world, <laughs> the Lord is come. Mm -hmm. Let earth receive her king in a way that, that the rest of the world. Can you imagine the wise men? Can you imagine the shepherds? You want me to go where? Because why? Yeah. Mm -hmm. you, you know, so yeah. it, it, it's surreal on one hand and it's so ordinary on the other. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the paying attention. It's the paying attention yeah. to the word of, of my life and the like, what happens if I just offer that real manger? You see any room that you want? Mm. See a place you'd like to come? Okay. Wow. That's good. My first thought, when you talk to yourself or about yourself, do you call yourself Michael? I was like, oh, wow. Well, he's Michael when he, when God's talking to him. Well, well. He doesn't say, hell, Mike. You know, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes he calls me Patan because my friends call me Patan. Sometimes he calls me Michael because of the Hebrew, the Hebrew translation. Oh. Is a question. Mikael is a question. Who is like God? Question mark. Mm, I thought it was more like a parent, more like a parental thing. Your oh, first name, your middle name. Oh no, my trouble. Getting your attention. Oh my trouble. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and look, I I knew I was in trouble because I didn't have a middle name. So there were two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think they thought they had to pay by the letter or something. I don't know. So I, yeah, it's, it's just Michael. So when I got called Michael James, holy mother of grace. Trouble. Or, or worse, one of the three boys, uh, Alan, uh, Dennis, uh, Mike. Look, she was already picked off by the time she got the Bible, so I was done. <laughs> no, but when God, that's the thing, though. Many times the voices I ascribe to God, shame is not a voice of God. That's not, that's true. It's not God. There can and you be, know, there can be a movement to something, but it's never in shame. Mm -mm. You talked about um, not hearing, hearing a voice of God, but you know when he's speaking to you. And I think that that's important, like that whole idea of paying attention. I think if we pay attention, there's definitely times where I don't hear the voice, but if he wants to talk to me, he talks to me and I am not confused at all. I know exactly. There was one time, this series of about a week or a few weeks where he was talking to me with images of, I'm not joking, the artist formerly known as Prince, not joking. And he kept, he kept coming to me. He kept coming to me in, in, um, in radio, on TV, in random stores where there would be something present. Um, I just, and I would, I would do a, 
Are you serious? He was serious. I just, imagine, he was I just imagine Nikki walking through like Walmart <laughs> and just people passing her all wearing raspberry berets. <laughs> like just over and over again. So what she did was she made a, an advent wreath of purple rain with a raspberry beret and it became this advent, very advent themed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's I mean, Nick. That's I mean, Nicky in a nutshell. Crafty Nick yeah. in a nutshell. So, so, uh, I, you know, as you're as you're as you're talking, and and as you're especially when you were kind of breaking down the Hail Mary there, which was just such a beautiful thing that like mm. that you you just revolutionized my my prayer with that prayer. Like that was that's that's yeah. really different. Um, I'm reminded of uh, I've been I've I've been thinking about this a little bit um, here uh, the last uh, the last few minutes. My mm-hmm. um, one of my jobs I I. I I run a, a middle school program and a high school program here for, for St. Vincent de Paul and my middle schoolers. Uh, last night we had our, our kind of last class before the Christmas break, right? And so we talked about the incarnation and I teach a, a class of sixth grade boys, which is like, it's an hour long, but it's like 10 minutes of teaching and like 50 minutes of just getting them to sit in the same spot, right? Like, it, like it's, <laughs> they're, they're so much fun, but they are out there. And so last night we're talking about the incarnation. We're talking about why God would choose to to come down and to be one of us, why he would choose that. And, you know, one of the questions that I asked them is, why wouldn't he just show up as God? Like just show up as a full grown man, you know, and, and kind of snap his fingers and take care of our problems. Like, why, why wouldn't he do that? And, you know, my, my they, they said kind of the, the normal things like, well, he, he wanted to get to know us and he, he wanted to... Um, to experience life and, you know, these kind of, these kind of answers that we were kind of looking for. But then one of my teens said, well, that just wouldn't make any sense. And I was like, okay, why wouldn't Mm. it make any sense? And he said, well, because who's going to listen to someone that just shows up and essentially like, like just tells them what to do. Who's, who's, who's going to listen to that? Nobody's going to listen to that. Right. And so he, he, he basically said that, that God, um, you know, Jesus comes down as Jesus into this, into this, um, very human life, uh, in order to kind of show us that his life is about us, right? His, his life here on earth, the, the story that he's telling, it is this full revelation of God, but included in that full revelation is me, James, is you, Mike, is you, Nikki. Like we're included mm. in that revelation. We are a part of that story. And to God, we're an essential part of that story. It's not, it's not just, Hey, we're going to, we're going to put James in this, you know, he's, he's, he's not an extra in the story to God. We're all, you know, we're all kind of in this, in this starring role. I think if we, if we, if we pull nothing else, um, from, this time of Advent, it, and this is, at, at, at least for me, if I pull nothing else from this time at, at Advent, it is letting God show show that to me, giving God enough room, giving God enough um, enough space, uh, clearing out enough of the crap to let God once again tell me this message of of his very, very real, very fundamental, genuine love for me, Right. And if, and if we can start there, if we can start there in some really, and that's hard, it's hard for a lot of people. It's, it's especially around the holidays. There's different reasons why, why it's hard. Right. 
But if you can, if you're listening to this and you're having that problem, focusing on God, encountering him, making space for him, whatever, if you can start there, just be open to receiving the message, you know, receiving being that operative word, receiving the message that God loves you. And if that message doesn't stick right away, if it doesn't, you know, fill in all the gaps in your heart and make, you know, you're like the Grinch, your heart grows three sizes. Like if that doesn't happen, just know that that's okay. Receiving the message is, is sometimes the hardest part for us. It is, it is really the, the toughest thing to do a lot of the time. It's just to receive the message and, and then to just wait with the message. Wait to see what God does with that message. Wait to see how God, you know, um, moves you. What he, what he kind of gives you next, right, with that, with that message. For a lot of our, um, you know, uh, uh, I also work with teenagers that are in this culture of instant gratification of, like you said earlier, Pinterest and Facebook and all of these things that show this, this perfection. And it, it's such a beautiful thing that the, the readings on the Feast of the Holy Family, the gospel and the Feast of the Holy Family is the time that Mary lost Jesus. Right? <laughs> you talk about imperfection. You talk about things not being Facebook or Instagram ready right? Mary lost Jesus in one of the biggest cities in the world. It's still one of the biggest cities in the world, but one of the, one of the most populated, probably dangerous places in the world. She lost the son of God, right? That's not an Instagram moment. That Mm -hmm. is a moment where I guarantee you Mary's prayer was, you know, pretty chaotic and pretty and pretty uh, vulnerable and pretty just human. It was just this really passionate. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And notice, 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 (laughs) that's the last we hear of Jesus from the time he's 12 to the time he's 30. (laughs) Mother grounded him for 18 years. That's that's pretty bad right there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But but no, I I do think you're on to something there for for the folks who are listening, including myself. A ship for years. I thought prayer was I put my dollar in the vending machine and I want to diet Dr. Pepper. And I thought prayer was if I put my dollar in and, and you know, my life is a mess and I do the praying thing, you're going to fix it. <laughs> and I've learned that prayer is you put your dollar in the Coke machine and you get a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, what the heck do I do with the unicorn? And no, it's like, bring the real you to the real me and know that I am with you. There's no guarantee of a fix. Well, then why pray? Because I need to know that I am loved. I am not alone that someone comes with me to be in the crap that's redeemed. Mm -hmm. And that is a hard message to embrace because I always want to be enough. I always want to prove myself to myself. And it's hard to get out of our own way, which is why this reclaiming the space, the nothingness, what's the return on investment? Ari now in the the great spiritual writer says, it's the least productive hour of my day. I find myself falling asleep a lot. But that hour or that half hour or that 10 minutes or that three minutes, is yours and nobody else gets it. Hmm. Nobody else gets it. I love that. Amen. You know, there's something there. And I do think the church 
uh, gives us this gift to remind us, slow your roll, slow your roll. You are worried about many things. Mm. Only one thing is necessary. Mm. And how many times do we hear that and it's still so hard to embrace and execute? It's, it's a both and because we show our love by doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, James, the youth minister, shows his love by showing up for the kids, planning, making sure there's hot dogs, doing whatever that has to be done. By the way, I got to say this, James. <laughs> no, no, it, it, only because I, I, I'll give you an example of Lexio Vita. Junior high basketball. Mm-hmm. You talked about working with junior high boys. And um, they, first of all, who's the old fella and why is he showing up at practice? <laughs> but then my frustration, my frustration, like, why don't you do what I tell you? Mm-hmm. We've practiced this. Mm-hmm. And I, without being silly, there's this inner restlessness. Why don't you trust me? I'm not telling you these things because I don't want you to be good. And I'm just, I'm, I, I can feel it. Yeah. And I'm driving home and I'm like, they don't look me in the eye in the huddle. They don't seem to listen. And all I, again, no voice. Now you know how I feel. Ooh. Just give me your eyes. Just We talk about the gaze often. Yeah, the gaze of Christ. And, and, and so, without being silly, coaching basketball, and letting these young guys know I'm in their corner more than do what I tell you to do. Mm-hmm. It, just a moment of reflection mm-hmm. that came to me. A lot of times I don't have to go digging. Sometimes just this strong sensation like, let's flip the script, my brother. Let's flip the script. Mm-hmm. I'm at work. It's right there. I'm, it's not what you're giving to these young boys. There's some lessons for you in the life that you Mm. have right now, whether it's an apartment full of stuff Mm. that needs to be purged or whether it's relationships where you just need to be aware, to pay attention. I am at work already. See, I am doing something new. You may not perceive it, the prophet says. I am doing something. And, and to believe that. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's a gift of Advent that I know this week and as they play again tonight and, and we're going to get our butts handed to us, but there's, there's going to be something there and I just need to pay attention. Uh, that's the truth of it, right? And I think uh, welcoming him into our super duper ordinary places, for me, it comes in the form of my dog who's a lot, you know, a little bit of a personality that I just wasn't expecting from a lab. And, um, and there's so many times where I just want to just enough. And I, I get the strong sensation that God's talking to me through her and asking me to just be patient and showing me 
showing me mercy that he's wanting me to practice. Just being open, being open and aware. And that, believe it or not, because athletics are big for me, that's the thing. Show up for practice again. I, but I stink at it. I'm terrible. I get distracted in prayer. Uh, I, I'm restless. I can't even sit for 10 minutes. I'm a squirrel. I just, I just can't. And like, without being stupid, when I leave for a speaking trip and come back and see the boys, I'm like, son, you got quicker. He goes, coach, it doesn't feel that way. I'm like, because you see yourself every day and don't see the incremental growth. Mm -hmm. I've been gone two weeks mm -hmm. and I'm noticing something different. And I think that's the fruit of prayer. We, we don't control it. It happens within us and we don't uh, know. Yeah. The stuff of prayer, yeah. like the word authority may not come up for three weeks. It may not come up at all. I may not get it. But it's amazing how sometimes it's not what happens while I'm sitting in those 10 minutes. It's what happens at four o'clock in the afternoon and I'm patient with a eighth grade boy. Mm -hmm. Or it might be where I'm not as irritated in traffic or I'm like, mm -hmm. you are really obsessing over crap right now, dude. Mm -hmm. And, and Jesus, that's not what Jesus is asking you or this voice in your head, which is real. That ain't of Jesus. You need to let that one go. Yeah. I think that's the fruit of prayer. That's the unicorn when you wanted to die of Dr. Pepper. Mm. Yeah. You know, at least for me, it has been. Because I'm I'm probably the most spotty and sporadic prayer I know. And that's why I hang up mm. the sign over my desk just to be is a blessing, just to live is holy. Mm. Nice. Can I pay attention to that and quit being the stained glass monk that I thought I was supposed to be? Can I be the holy Michael rather than the perfect Michael? Can I accept the word made flesh who surprised everybody? I, I think that's, that's what Advent reminds me of. Mike, I think that's uh, absolutely beautiful. I think that, that leaning into that, uh, anyone out there that's listening, leaning into that over this next week um, is, is the definition of clearing out that spot, clearing out that space and, and encouraging, allowing, inviting the Holy Spirit to fill it, inviting Jesus to fill it. Um, we don't want to take any more of your time, Mike. Thank you so much for being an absolutely wonderful guest, for giving us uh, so much uh, unique insight. And, and just, um, I know for me, you've kind of, you kind of flipped my, my brain around a few times and made me, made me look, at, look at a lot of things with some different perspectives. So uh, I really appreciate that. And I know Nikki, I'm going to speak for Nikki here really quick. Uh, Nikki's been talking about having you on the podcast for a long time. And um, Nikki is, she wears her heart and her emotions on her sleeve. But she is even more excited about having you on the podcast than she has shown today. I know she is. So, so thank you so much for, um, for, you know, for, for, sh for sharing your faith with us, sharing yourself with us, and then also for making my friend Nikki really, really happy. Uh, from, from all of our podcast listeners, thank you very much. It, it was an honor and a pleasure. Blessed Advent to you all. Thank you, Mikey. 
and a, and a blessed Advent to you as well. Uh, let's let's close in prayer with just a, a, an Our Father, a Hail Mary, and a Glory Be. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy, thy name. Thy kingdom, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mike, once again, thank you. Ragamuffins, thank you for listening. Peace out. Everybody have a blessed fourth <laughs> week of Advent. And uh, we'll come back at you right after Christmas. We'll be back. Yeah. We, yeah, we, we need to have one of those production meetings. We do. because we don't So we can explain. figure out when we're coming back at you. Yeah, we're so coming back at you. We'll have one of those meetings and we'll let you know what we're going to do. How about that? That's we are resting in the season of Advent. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. All right, Ragamuffins, we love you. Uh, Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Peace. The Late to Church Podcast is an AMET Creative production and is hosted by James Longoria and Nikki Moncada. Our theme music is Candle in the Shadows by The Poor Kings. Check them out on Spotify or wherever you download music. Incidental music is by Punch Deck. Find us on Instagram at Late to Church Podcast and let us know your questions, comments, and thoughts by contacting Late to Church Podcast at gmail.com. Your insights might even be featured on the show. Just a little reminder. You are good. You are worthy. You are the beloved. Look around for the Lord today. He loves you and he wants an encounter with you. Thank you for journeying with us. We're praying for you. Peace. Um, Mike, James and I know each other from Tech of Central Texas. Although he made his first Tech in New Orleans... A big number, right? Uh, 115. 115. Yeah. Um, we both helped plant tech here. That's mm-hmm. what my non-denominational friends do. They plant things. So we plant planted tech here. And he's our he's one of our tech musicians. Yes, I am. Um, and James, Mike and I have done techs in New Orleans together, and he was our director of CYO Youth Ministry. Nice. CYO slash YM in New Orleans. Very cool. Very cool. And now he's the engaging Cajun.
the engaging Cajun. You were always the engaging Cajun. Nice. Now that's just your main title. I like that. So, I like that. Somebody yeah. put that on their church marquee right before I, I showed up. And so I borrowed it. I'm like, I like that. I'll use that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was totally something you came up with. Nope. I, <laughs> how much of my stuff have I originally come up with? Not a whole lot. Really? No, you're being modest. That's not true. I don't think so. But anyway. I feel like I, I feel like that might be a good talking point for the podcast because how like like for the actual episode because how I mean how much of what we how much one how much of what we get from God is kind of on repeat right it's on repeat and then two how much of it is is um, when it comes through a different filter like like the two of you might tell me the same thing but. You know, I might understand it one way when I hear it from Nikki and understand it a completely different way when I hear it from Mike. So like that's I I love that. And I'm as a youth minister, Mike, I'm right there with you. Like I I beg, borrow and steal f- literally from everywhere for for content. So that's 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 very cool. 